1: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, or it's another mini-pod. Mini-pod because we're going to be talking about one thing and one thing only, the Bournemouth game this weekend. Big game we've got coming up, and our focus is on that game. So the other things we talked about, Mark Warburton and all that stuff, that's on another podcast. This is the mini-pod, all about the Bournemouth game. We're going to have a little listen in a minute to Mark Warburton's thoughts about how he feels... Brentford are going to get on against Bournemouth and we're going to talk to Bournemouth fan Russell Crewe. He's going to tell us whether or not he feels Bournemouth are going to carry on exactly the way they've been going so far or whether or not they're going to come up to Brentford and we're going to cause them a few problems. So let's have a listen to hear what Mark Warburton's got to say about the game at the weekend. Saturday. Bournemouth. Let's talk football. They play wicked football. I mean, they play, you know, they, they play this wicked, expansive football, they're moving off the ball and stuff like that. Is this more our cup of tea rather than that Charlton business that happened last week? How would you describe our football, Willie? Really? Our football? Is I, that, think, it, I think it's exciting, where parts of move,
0: lots of movement, playing through the midfield. But, but not wicked. Wicked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if it's wicked versus wicked, I think, I think the first game uh, at their it was a really good game of football. Yeah. I think it was a really good game of football for the neutral. You know, you nip and tuck, we lacked a little bit of self-belief, thought first first half. Yeah. Then we went 1-0 down, um, probably getting to run a play at the time. Yeah. But I think we were so proud from 63 through to 95, I thought we were excellent. We looked at the Clips time and time again, they made some unbelievable defensive blocks, yeah. tackles, things, to stop us getting all three that alone one. Yeah. So that was a really game of football, gave us a lot of belief about, about going forward. Mm-hmm. Saturday we were saying again, you know, we look at their team, okay, Art is suspended, but you've got Wilson, you've got Kermigan, you've got Richie, you've got Pugh. You know we, know, we know what we're going to face. Elphick and Cook at the back, the full-backs, it's a keeper. But they're, they're, they're sitting in Bournemouth going, and they've got him, and they've got yeah. Douglas, and they've got Tumani. We know each other in out. I think it'll be a really good football. Two teams who want to dominate the fo- dominate position. And I think it'll be a really close encounter, top-quality encounter, and I touch wood. We've got enough. The boys are hungry and angry and focused to hopefully get the right result. Do you wish we had Blackpool first up? No. No, I'd rather have Bournemouth. I don't mean Blackpool's going to be a tough game. There's no easy games. But I personally, and David not want to discreet, I personally would rather have Bournemouth at home, Saturday afternoon, Pat Griffin Park. All this has gone on and the boys have got a chance to go and show the supporters how much they they care. And obviously you do truly believe that we can beat anybody in
2: this league because that's what they always say we could beat anybody in this league but again Bournemouth Saturday I mean I don't want to put you on the, on the on the spot here but it's almost like an easier game for us in a strange way than somebody like Cholm or even Blackpool
0: though, don't you think there's no easy game <laughs> I don't, I
2: do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: generally don't I, I don't think it, it matters really we well. I think in what Mark and I preach to the lads is what we do we, can, we prepare properly for the opposition, give them respect, and we're lucky in regards to the, the analytics we've got here and the facilities we've got here in regards to preparing. But what's what makes us different is what we do and how well we do it. When we don't do it well and we don't impose what we do another team will we struggle, like Saturday. But when we play well, we've got a chance in any game. So who we play, when we play them, where we play them, is almost irrelevant, I think. I respect to, to Blackpool in any way because it's a bit tough team. But I think, our hey guys, now at the top of the table. A tough know, up there. We, yes, we're seven points behind them. Was it seven points behind? We we, we beat them suddenly with four points behind Bournemouth. The team year one seasons, my feathers going up. Here we are, end, almost entering March, and we're four points behind. Wow! So we're, we're right in the mix. The boys know there's, there's no lack of desire or hunger for Saturday, But then, as I say, once that is out of the way, the focus has got to be back Paul because they're scrapping, they're scrapping for their lives as champions, <coughs> and that's another really important point we've got to. To the
2: so that was Mark Warburton, and he was actually—he was quite excited about the, the weekend. He was quite up about it. He was quite happy we weren't playing Blackpool. Happier that we played Bournemouth, even though they were top of the league. And you could hear in his voice as well. I think he reckons that we're going to give him a right game, and he's probably get a result out of this one. But he was holding that one down. So I, I'm feeling a bit. Chipper as well myself after this to Mark Warburton. So I thought I'd put a quick call into the South Coast and see how the Bournemouth boys and girls are doing, see if they're as chipper as we are, or do they think they're going to come up to London and steamroller the bees with their flip-flops and their shorts and their beachwear and their beach balls? Because if they think so, we're not having any of it. We've got Mr. Russell Carew on the line. Mr. Carew, how are you doing?
3: I'm very good, sir. I'm very good. I've just I I actually take the flip flops off when I start the steamroller, but but um, yeah, we're uh, we're ready for the slow trundle uh, up the M3 to come and uh, give you a pasting.
2: That's right. 1600 of you, lot as well. Every single game except for Rotherham they yep. sold the away allocation. and everyone comes down to Brentford and they have a right good time. There's lots of pubs to drink in. The vibe is great. You can wear your colours. You can go to any pub you want to. If you go on to besotted.co.uk, we've got a few articles up there which is telling you exactly where to go and exactly where to drink if you don't necessarily want to drink in the infamous four pubs around the grounds.
3: Do you know what? I think that going away to, to Brentford is probably one of the sort of Bournemouth fans' favourite away days. I think because of the way the ground is placed, with the pubs all around, um, it's always good fun. As you know, I was looking on YouTube last night. I had to remind myself exactly what date it was. There's video on YouTube of when we uh, played Bees and 1-2-1, and this was part of our great escape season, where the game after, last game of the season, we saved ourselves from relegation. And and I'm in I'm in the video with Mel Machin at the end of the game, and that was 1995. That's 20 years ago. I remember remember that game as well. You brought loads down, and you didn't stop singing for the whole of the game as well. It was it was a
2: good day out for you. I remember I had to tip my hat to Bournemouth that day, but you know. But still,
3: but... One of the few games I actually remember during that period, because I went to a lot of games and got so drunk, I didn't remember the day I, I out. I start to wonder whether some of the memories are actually YouTube reminding me, because I, I wasn't really there mentally. But anyway, we've been coming to Brentford for a long, long time now. We're, um, we're two previous residents of the 3rd and 4th Division, aren't we?
2: That's right, indeed, you know, and then I mean, previous residents of the 3rd and 4th Division, but both of us have gone up from the 3rd and 4th Division to the Championship, and you've been there for one season, done very well last season, 10th in the league. We had our first game in the Championship, or our first away game against Bournemouth this season, and you guys were, you know, a little bit on fire. We played you, you know, and new to the division, slightly rabbit in the headlights because we didn't quite know what to expect. We equipped ourselves fairly well and uh, even you admitted that a draw would have been a fairer result that day, but we've both come on leaps and bounds since that game, haven't we?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic. I think that what happened for us is that the momentum we got in the last quarter of last season um, carried over, for the most part, into this season. So we were a team who were actually playing really well towards the end of last season, and, um, yeah, there's been the old wobble here and there, but generally speaking we've found our pace, we found our, our, our sort of um our fluid movement, we know how to play. The whole squad knows how to play. And, you know, we're 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 really it is the best football I have ever seen over at that place. It really is. And talking to my dad, who's seventy this year, he he saw the cut runs when we played uh, against Manchester United and beat Wolves and Tottenham and things like that. But he says this is the football we're playing over there. Far exceeds a- anything, anything else. It's been a a fantastic season. You know, whatever happens this season, um, you can't take away the beauty of what has happened to us. No, no way. It's been brilliant.
2: And the similarities between Brentford and Bournemouth are, are pretty amazing. I mean, Pot Brentford, Pot Bournemouth, as they say, both of us were in the, the first division. You were playing good football in that division. You came out of that division and you had put yourselves very well. Again, we decided that we were going to start playing stylish football. So we did that in Division 1, came out of that division, and we're doing equally as well, or probably even better than you did in your first division. So there's so many similarities You've gone from 10th last season to top of the league this season, so you can see the climb because you've got an ethos in the way that you play and the way that you do things. So for Brentford, are you saying that the future is looking mighty bright?
3: I think it's a a very hard call. I mean, as I mentioned before, what was key for us is that we had a continuity from the previous season. The important thing at Bournemouth is that Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall have got a small squad and... Every member of that squad, uh, 23, 24 players, all knows how the system works. So when we have an injury or when we play in cup games where we decide to make eight, nine, ten changes, if, as a fan, you go and watch that game, you watch us play in exactly the same way. It's quite remarkable. When we played um, and beat West Brom, when we were away, away to Villa, We were by far the best team in the first half. We were playing such great football. And it was difficult to imagine that, you know, years ago we'd been lucky if we had good enough players on the bench to come on and replace someone who was coming off. Now we could feasibly field what, you know, in the old days you might call a reserve team. And I would rate our second string of players to be in the top Mm -hmm. six or eight in this division if they ran as a separate team. And that sounds really arrogant and really big-headed. But it's only because I've seen it that I know it's possible. Uh, Otherwise, you think, yeah, whatever. Some of the players that are not getting a regular game are fantastic. McDonald is probably going to play this weekend because of injuries and suspensions in midfield. And yet he is a quality, quality player. It's remarkable how he hasn't been able to get a game. And then when we look at what's happened to Bees over this season, but more importantly over this last week or so, this is where I, I, I worry about what will happen to Bees because... Warburton goes in the summer, you get a new manager in. You are not going to have continuity into the next season. You might have all exactly the same players, and you might even get a manager who plays with the same style, but there's going to be little nuances here and there so I'm slightly afraid for bees from that point of view. I actually think you know if you kept Warburton, I think you sort of stood a chance of being uh, playing for the autos automatic promotion the season after if you don't get up through the playoffs. Let's face it, the dream is the two Tim Potts, Premier League football, opening day of the season, Bournemouth versus Brentford. That's what you really want, is to stick it in the eye of all the other Premier League
2: teams. Well, that, that would confuse
3: far, far, far
2: too many people. <laughs> and, and, and I know exactly what you're saying about this uh, continuity thing, this, the Warburton scenario, which has upset very, very many Brentford fans. and like We've already discussed this on a separate podcast because... We couldn't squeeze you on our regular podcast because uh, we were just we talked too much on that one. So we thought we were going <laughs> to give you your own private mini pod instead, just to talk about Bournemouth. But yeah. on the previous podcast, and if you check it on AudioBoom.com forward slash Besotted, you could check the Mark Warburton and David Weir interview where they bear all. they speak to Besotted like they haven't spoken to any of those other journalists out there. They speak to us properly and deeply, and they tell us a lot of things about what has gone down at Brentford, why certain things have happened. So you should check that out. But yes, we're a little bit nervous about that. And we'd love Warburton to be there for two, three, four, five years because, as we say, he is one of us. But we're hoping, as he says in his interview... He's saying, listen, listen, mate, we're only a point off the playoffs and we're seven points off Bournemouth. <laughs> you know, we, we were at Crawley last season. Ridiculous. Now we're going to you know places like West, West Sheffield Wednesday and, and, and Nottingham Forest and we're doing Norwich in their ground. We're actually playing them off the park. So what are you worrying about? He goes, I want to go up. I still believe it could take us up. I want Brentford to go up to do it for the fans. And so he's given us a little bit more hope because at Charlton last Saturday, mate, we were, the fans were flat. The players were flat. The players, the team was rubbish. The fans were rubbish. There was infighting between the fans because certain people were saying one thing and others were saying another. But I think we've had a week to get it out of our system. And the fact that this statement's come out and they've said certain things and they've come out and we're pulling it together and, if there's anyone that we needed to play, I think is a, is a better side, like somebody like Bournemouth, because we play to our strengths, a team like you. you know, when We play Blackpool or we play Millwall. We're fighting, we're fighting. But with you, you play decent football. So it may be a good thing for us.
3: It may be. I, I, I will just say that Derby fans for the weeks ahead of the game against us said, oh, Bournemouth's going to play right into our hands. They play just like us. It's just what we want. We'll be able to bang loads of goals past them and yet they had to. we took the lead twice, and they had to catch up twice. I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's been a strange week or two, hasn't it, after we drew with Derby in a, in a very exciting, one of the best games I've seen over there in a while, um, and I've seen a lot of good football this season. We, let's face it, dropped two points against Huddersfield. We were all over them, but we lacked the killer finish, which is for a team who scored so many goals a strange feeling, but then look what happened in the rest of the week. Derby managed to drop two points, Borough managed to drop two points. So I think that both teams, both Bournemouth and Brentford, come to this game with a little bit of weirdness happening in the background, and it is a question probably for both teams of which side shrugs off the sort of the emotions that maybe come with um, a sort of a period of... um, likely not quite what you were expecting, and how they take it on. I think that the Bournemouth players will want to prove a point, because on another day, with the amount of possession and the way we played, we'd have smashed Huddersfield, and I don't still quite understand how we managed to do it. I think some of the Huddersfield fans don't understand how they got a draw out of that game.
2: Again, and similar with us, Borough. I mean, Borough fans still said, even though we beat them, and I know it's easy for them to say because they beat us, the best side that they played all season, uh, because we did play them off the park for a lot of the game, but we just didn't get the goals. And that's probably been Brentford's problem. I know that we're going to talk about your striker. You've got Wilson, who we were actually after at the beginning of the season. A lot of people were, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you know, because we knew him from last season at Coventry, and we just thought, Mm. tell you something, that guy's banging the goals in. But, you know, we've got great... Little striker, Andre Gray, 500 grand from uh, the conference side, Luton. Now, who would have taken a player from the conference and put him straight into the championship? Everyone goes, oh, no, you can't do that. He's not got experience. Now, Brentford do. Here you go, mate. Conference, championship, and we just go with the flow. So it's been great, great learning curve for him, but still... It's a lot of pressure on him, and it's almost like he needs someone else there behind him or around him or, you know, coming off the bench or he comes off the bench just to take that pressure off. And somebody maybe, you know, if we had Callum Wilson there and and Gray, we'd be laughing, but we don't. But I'm just interested as well because, you know, your strikers, bang, they're on, mate. Wilson, Mm. Arter, well, he's not there on Saturday, thank God, and also Kermigan. So we we know about those guys, but also midfield-wise, you know, Listen, we got Jota with a headband. Yeah. Celta Vigo, absolute Don Dada. You'll see him. He's going to absolutely take the pee out of people. He'll do a little shimmy and he'll drop people without even moving himself. Dallas on the other side. Yeah. Irish guy that we got him. Came through the sort of kind of kids of the youth. But he's, again, a l- little live wire. Jonathan Douglas. He's a bit of an old stalwart, but his game has just been up this season. And he runs that midfield. Tomani Diagaraga. He was almost on his way out. Out to... Portsmouth out to Coventry but all of a sudden he got a break and he's become almost like the Vieira for us and then we've got Pritchard Alex Pritchard a name from Tottenham he was at Swindon last season he's tricky and I mean there's about 10 scouts down down at Huddersfield watching him as well and you know everyone's talking about that but that's our midfield and they play wicked passing games so I'm just wondering will you be able to combat that because I know you're also a passing game team
3: yeah, I think the beauty of the Bournemouth game is that everybody plays football. Um, It's—I don't think there's any centre halves who are famous uh, for playing with the ball at their feet, certainly at Championship level. But um, Elphick and Cook, who are the, the current um, centre half duo, they move that ball backwards and forwards very comfortably. It's very—it's a—it's a, a beautiful thing to watch. Going back to what you mentioned about Wilson. Uh, while yeah so most games many games are won in midfield uh, wilson put it like this to, to get get an idea of how good wilson is i reckon that the derby centre half Keogh is probably still having nightmares about him now uh, he pulled him all over the, there was a moment towards the end of the game where he and Keogh were going for the same ball and wilson who the smaller man shoulder barged Keogh, not only off the ball but off the pitch he went flying and this was towards uh, the last 10 to 15 minutes of the game Wilson he isn't a, a very big player he doesn't look he's not big and muscly but he is strong he balances his weight beautifully he honestly i'm sure there are a lot of other centre halves who come away from a game against Wilson and just are exhausted by the experience and it's like having uh, a, an extra midfield player in a strange way because where he's pulling people about so much the midfield players in front of them are finding themselves sort of having to come back and cover for their centre half The difference between Wilson and Graven is they both did lots and lots of running. Lewis Graven was great at chasing lost causes. The difference with Wilson is he can finish. He's he's one of the best finishers I've seen in a Bournemouth shirt. I'm comparing him. I'm putting him in the same level as Ted McDougall, who was just stunning, and Defoe, who was only on loan to us for a year, but it was quite remarkable what he did. Wilson is is that good, and that matters, because if he's dragging your defenders left, right, and centre, if they're all rushing off to mark him one way, it's opening the gap for the man behind him. Most often, uh, Jan Kermigan, sometimes um, Brett Pittman, um, who both are good finishers, good quality finishers. Jan Kermigan his move to, from Charlton seemed to breathe new life into his career, and he does finish with a spe- spectacular flourish. That midfield, yeah, Arter is out on suspension. It's always going to happen with Arter. He, he collects yellow cards like, like, uh, like other people uh, might Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike collects stamps. But um, McDonald coming in used to be described by Swansea fans as the Zidane of Wales. Um, he's He's only got three or four starts, I think, this season, but he started against Aston Villa, and he's a fantastic quality player, so no worries about the replacement, and actually, I think he might bring something a bit different, obviously, sticking with the midfield on the wings, you've got Matt Ritchie, I think possibly the most assists in the division this season, incredible player, really one of those players who plays with the ball at his feet, but his head is always up. He's not looking to see where it is. He's not having to worry about control. Actually, take it at another level. He's the player who's got his head up and looking the one direction, but playing the other to throw your defending midfield player defender off, and he can finish as well. And then on the other side, Mark Pugh, a player who... I think it's safe to say that there's been different periods in Pew's career with Bournemouth where people have felt he's reached his sort of peak and has gone as far as he could and that defenders are sus what he's going to do. And each time he seems to have a little pause and he lifts himself and he's, improved. He's, he's a better player for the next coming weeks or months. Right now, he's on fire. I have to say he really, really is on fire. And it seems unoriginal that he still does those Cruyff turns, but they keep on working because he does them very quickly. Um, and he's, his partnership with Daniels, this is probably one of the key parts of Bournemouth's play, is the partnership with the midfield out-wide players and their full-backs. Uh, Daniels and Pugh have a relationship probably like no other players on the Bournemouth team. And then on the other side, Francis, last year I think he was player of the season for Bournemouth. He only missed one game in the whole season. Him and Richie, again, Francis is one of the fastest runners on our team. He doesn't look it because he's so tall, but the speed he goes down the wing, he really gets caught. So, yeah, listen, you know because the amount of goals we've scored this season, we are all about attacking. But it comes from a solid defending base. And... Uh, I think you could have problems on Saturday. I really do.
2: Okay, so if you think we're going to have problems, I want to know, do you think, because you talked about Bury, you talked about Derby, you're going to make automatic promotion? And will you, even automatic, will you win the championship? Because you're right up there.
3: Yeah, I mean, it does, even though with the results this week, all three teams have let the teams in the playoffs, Ipswich most notably, get a little bit closer. But it does still feel like it's between Borough, Bournemouth and Derby. Um, I think it'll come down to who drops points against the less important teams, the Wiggins of this world or the Brightons or the the Huddersfields. Those are the games that are going to decide the league probably. Do I think that we're we're certainly capable of getting an automatic spot? And strange as it might seem, I think we'd all be, Bournemouth fans, be quite gutted if we didn't get an automatic spot. I think that we are the best footballing team in this division, I'm going to say. Were you in the league? So I'm going to say we're going to take the automatics, and I'm also going to say, and I've never said this before about Bournemouth in my life, and I know I say it at great risk, but I think we're going to win the league because so I think you're to to... the I think the stars at Derby, if they have a wobble, I think they're going to struggle to pull it together because it's a team of faces, well, it's a a, a a squad of faces as opposed to a team, and I think that's what's happening at Brentford as well. Is you've got a bunch of players who play like a team, and that's certainly what's happening at Bournemouth. So, you're, you have gone out and out, Bournemouth winning the league, which
2: means Saturday is a very important game for you, because you need to get a result on Saturday. So, how do you think you are going to deal with the mighty, mighty bees when you come up to Griffin Park? Packed house, we're all potty for it, we've had a bit of a bad time, and we want to prove to the world that we are actually going to get results.
3: Well, as you know, with full respect, and as I said, we've been coming up to the Bees for... I've been coming up to watch Bournemouth play the Bees for the last 20, maybe 30 years now, and I love going up there, and I actually do genuinely like Brentford, but we have to get down to brass tacks. I think we're going to be... Well, well, first of all, we always score goals, so you're going to have to accept that at some point you're going to be kicking off more than the one time you're supposed to. So I think we're going to win 3-1. I really do. I, I, I can... I, I'm not worried too much about whether you score a goal against us because I always feel like we're going to score
1: more.
2: Okay, so you've gone out and out for the 3-1 prediction. And myself, as I said on the previous podcast, the Mark Warburton podcast, you can check it on audioboom.com, I went for a 2-1 Brentford victory because I believe that we are back, we are going to be reinvigorated and we need to play a side like Bournemouth who actually play good football because we will up our game, well not even up our game, but we will match you and possibly even beat
3: you. I think it should be a good game of football. I do think that. I think it'll be a. If you're, a, what do they say? If you're, um, if you're not sort of committed to one side of the, you know, if you're an independent viewer, it'll probably be quite a good watch.
2: I think for the, I think for the neutrals out there, I think if they can get a ticket, that is, it's going to be a right. It's, go, it's yeah. going to be a right good one. It's going to be a right but Listen, it's been great chatting to you, Russ.
3: You As know. always, you uh, Brentford have my greatest respect because, just like us, they are they are tin pots, and it is the dream. To be playing Premier League football against brentford that that <laughs> has to be the the way forward it really does i just because it'll just annoy so many people in the media and and all the other teams as well.
2: That's right, and the Timport Army will be coming up to join our Timport Army. They're coming back, they're coming by road, they're coming by boat, they're coming by all sorts, coming up the motorway on Saturday to come up to Brentford to enjoy themselves. Like I said to you, you'll have great fun up there. You can wear your colours, you can go to any pub. There's four pubs round by the ground, but there's also more pubs to go to. There's loads and loads and loads of pubs. Go to besotted.co.uk. There's a few articles on there, a preview, a couple of previews, and they explain all the places to drink in Brentford. So come out and have a bit of a laugh. You need to have a drink before they Game because to big be one, you're going to be so upset after the game, you know. <laughs> but that's all. And we've, we've, we're actually going to do you a favour, actually. We're going to put sort of, you know, I think they've laid some sort of sand outside the away end, like, you know, just to make you guys feel at home, like, you know, so you can still wear your flip flops when you come up.
3: But do you know what, now that we're finishing this talk, I'm actually going to go to the beach. <laughs> because the wife said, let's go and have a walk down the beach. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's very kind of you. Um, we should uh, we should try. If we'd had more notice, we should have thought about bringing some inflatables, which uh, we have had a tendency to do over the decades. It's uh, We are where we are, by the seaside. That's right. Good talking to you, Russ, anyway.
2: So, yes, that was Russell, Bournemouth fan. Reasonably confident that... They're going to do us on Saturday, I think. But a little bit of scepticism because he's not sure what the Warburton thing is going to do for the bees. So, boys, Bournemouth on Saturday. Are we up again? Because we were down last Saturday at Charlton. But are we going to get up for Are we up for this? Are the team up for it? Are we going to do these, boys?
4: Uh, I think we'll be probably absolutely rabid for it. I don't think that there's going to be... Any lack of wanting to win this game, I think it will be one of the best games of football. Hopefully, we'll see all season. Two teams that really do know how to play: Timpot United versus Timpot City. I don't think it's going to be our day. If my heart's, if my heart's truthful with you, I don't. I think we may get a draw or we may lose, but not, not. But it won't be. We won't be down in the dumps. I think we we'll win against Blackpool, and the rest of the season will be a positive one. But I think, it is Bournemouth's year, and I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get in the way of them. Fair play to them.
2: I I agree with you, Dave. I think Bournemouth are a great team. Uh, Eddie Howe um, is probably the Championship manager of the year um, at the moment with what he's done. Um, I'm slightly less pessimistic than you are. I actually think. Um, it's Billy isn't it that you always think we're due a draw I think we definitely are it's It's you It's you. fine Dave okay well in this case I think we're definitely due a draw Uh, I'm very I'll be happy to take one all Um, but I think what we will see is a cracking game of football and even if we lose um, I hope that uh, the um, cameras are down there and give us um, give the game 20 minutes on the football league show on Saturday because it will deserve it
3: I, I think we're going to get something out of the game because I think Bournemouth do don't know what they're coming into. I think they, you know, they're in terms of getting their team ready up, ready for the game. I'm not sure. There's probably a few, you know, who's playing what, is Judge fit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's probably a few bits of that. Um, but also, I think, you know, they don't really know how um, Brentford and the club are going to cope mentally. And I think we might we might just catch them, you know, um, by surprise. Um, so I'm sort of I'm quite hopeful. I think the most important thing is we finish the game strongly, whether it ends up whether whether it ends up in a draw or if we did win or even if we lost, we've got to finish the game strongly. So we've got something to take into Tuesday night because Tuesday night is massive in some respects. Yeah.
2: It's, I, I thought it was interesting as well, talking to to Mark Wolverton. There was a little Alan Judge smile when we mentioned Alan Judge. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, they're holding the information back about Alan Judge because he's such an important player. Um, And we told him the fact that actually that we knew from, you know, pretty much from day one that Alan Judge was out for six weeks when it was like he indicated to the press that uh, Alan Judge was only out for, you know, for a couple of days. And he's just going to rest him for a couple of days. But we would found out that he's actually out for six weeks. But we decided... You know, because we want to do things that are right for the club. We decided to hold it back and actually not tweet it or put it out there because uh, if the club are holding it back, there's obviously for tactical reasons and uh, you've got to do things that are right, the best for the club. So we've actually never actually said anything about his long-term injury as such. We've just kind of sort of pushed it under the carpet. But we did actually sort of say to him, what's going on with Judgey then? And there was just a little smile. So you just know that what's going to happen is that he's just going to appear at one game probably quite Bill. soon, you know.
4: Bill? Yes, I've, I've I've just run um, a few stats through my um my uh, yes my calculator yeah and um I've come up with um a, a, a calculation that um the the best prediction is um by my son, Seb, and yeah. he's, he's standing right next to me. He was at the Warburton interview earlier, Yes. and um he's gonna his his prediction according to my statistical algorithm. Is going to be correct. So, Seb, what is what is Bournemouth, Brentford versus Bournemouth is going to be? I reckon we'll get uh, at least a point from it because I reckon that they're going to uh, think that the Warburton situation is going to rock our boat a little bit, and they're going to be shocked the way that the players are going to like react. And I reckon that we'll get at least a point out of it. There you go. There okay. you go. Well, that's uh, and
2: my view is just coming back to that. That what? Don't forget that Watford game. That Watford game we talked about it last week absolutely brilliant game of football flowing game of football a side that played great football against Brentford who played great football we were down to 10 men didn't stop us we still came at them played great football and we lost because we ran out of steam at the very last minute but that's what we did on our own turf I reckon still people forget I mean we've lost against Ipswich we've lost against Watford you know quite recently on our own turf but in general. We're pretty tight at Griffin Park, and I think that Bournemouth is going to be no different. They're going to come to Griffin Park, and it's going to be a tough game for them. We'll still take the game to them because we'll raise our game like we did against Watford. Um, Will we get three points? You know me, I'm always quite optimistic, and I think that, yeah, draws aren't highly likely, but I think we might nip it, and I think we might actually get a 2 one That's my prediction.
4: Well, I like your style, Jim. Um, Bill,
2: rather. That's five. no, that's no problem. That's no problem at all, mate, you know, but I think the bees are back and let's just put all this nonsense behind us and let's just go and let's just make that trip to Blackburn and trip to Sheffield on a Tuesday night absolutely worth it because we've already booked our hotels and we're not cancelling anything. We're going for it. So listen, this is the besotted Pride of West London Bournemouth podcast, mini pod, another little mini pod. Um cool Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Everyone get down there early. Let's just get behind the boys. Let's absolutely cheer them because we can do it. If we win this game. We're back in the game. And Norwich, they think they've got an open door to winning and getting this playoff. But we ain't going to just hand it to them on the plate. So listen, my name's Billy Grant and I am here with David Lane. I'm here with Matt Allard. I'm here with Nick Cartu. And Steps there as well with his computer analysis malarkey going on. <laughs> listen, boys. Listen, come on. Saturday, I'll
1: see you in the glow for a Swiftie.
4: Come on.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.